Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Which was like well over a week ago. Yes. <laughs> so thanks for tuning in. Uh, we are back from our hiatus. Yeah. Uh, it was a longer hiatus than I thought we were going to take. Okay. So so here was the thing. is like, it was only two weeks. Uh-huh. But it's like the holiday seasons, like Christmas, New Year's, all that stuff. And then like the week after... The website was down. The correct brand website was down. And, and you were hungover and, on the day we were going to record. Yes. Shh. That never happened. You were so hungover. It's rare to see you hungover. So I got to tell the world about it. Yeah. So so I was just not up for recording. Plus, I figured if we recorded for last week, uh-huh. then we wouldn't have an episode this week. So it'd be like a broken yeah. up hiatus anyways. So... So we just took care of it all at once, and we're productive. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, if you're listening to this, uh, we are currently in ALA. Yes. Anime Los Angeles. That's not actually in Los Angeles. Where is it? Uh, on tar- on tar- I don't know how to pronounce California names. On Toronto? Ontario? <laughs> okay. My voice isn't working to begin with, and you're asking me to pronounce California names. <laughs> uh, not Anaheim? No, it's not in Anaheim. I think it used to be, and it moved. Okay. Yeah. It's all really close, though. It's California. Nothing's close. But <laughs> but we'll be in California. We'll be in California. We're at Anime Los Angeles. If you guys are, for some reason, listening to this, and you are... In California? like at- like anime los angeles or on your way to anime los angeles and you're listening to us come say hi to us uh if you guys are listening to this and you just got back from anime los angeles you missed us why would you do that why didn't you say hi or maybe you did in which case well hi yeah well hi again (laughs) (laughs) yeah we'll be there this whole weekend uh so yeah come find us uh What, what will we be cosplaying so Yesterday, we were My Hero Academia. Thursday, My Hero. Yeah. Today, uh, I don't know what you're dressed as, but I am Makoto from Persona 5. I don't know what I'm dressed as either. Yeah. Let's, let's say generic background character number seven. Okay. Uh, <laughs> tomorrow and Sunday, we will be doing Token Rambu. Saturday, we will be in the battle outfits, and Sunday, we'll be doing internal affairs. Yes. So there is a Token Rambu meetup on Saturday, and there's a Nitro Plus meetup on Sunday. I have been told that Token Rambu cosplayers are not going to the Nitro Plus meetup, but I, I might go anyway, so. No rules. No rules. Yeah. Out the window. <laughs> it's a Nitro all, Plus franchise. Why all, it... all us. Nitro Plus, baby. Yeah, why wouldn't we be invited? I'm a little insulted. <laughs> right? Yeah, but we're at the Token Robbie meetup tomorrow, so if you guys are going to that, we will be there. So Perfect. Yeah. Now anyway. on to the actual episode. <laughs> on to the actual episode. So I apologize about my voice. Uh, it just decided to stop working like less than an hour ago. <laughs> Too, too much spicy curry, man. That'll do it for I, you. Seriously, like, it just legit just stopped working. It's like, you're going to record now? All right. <laughs> so I'm going to sound like I'm going through puberty during this entire episode, you guys. So I apologize. Yeah, whatever works, I guess. Yeah, so we are kind of going to combine two different things. Uh, mostly it's going to be our fall wrap-up. 
Because we need to do our fall wrap-up, because fall is over. Yes, fall is over. New year. Now it's in the, the winter yeah. season. And we're also going to kind of do it as a year wrap-up. We're not going to talk too much about other things in the year, but we might mention it. So I don't think we'll do a official year wrap-up, because we did a decade wrap-up in our last episode. Yeah. So, yeah, unfortunately, if you guys were looking forward to an annual wrap-up, uh, you guys will get more of that when the nomination list for the Crunchyroll Awards drops. We'll definitely be talking more about 2019 as a whole. But Yes. And then we'll end the episode talking about what we're looking forward to winter 2020. That's right. Yeah, so there's, it'll be... there's There's a few things that I'm looking forward to. Yeah, so we won't go into too much detail about that, because I think our next episode is going to be the official winter episode. Or we'll do something else, because we're also going to see a movie next week, so maybe we'll, we'll do one of those. Uh, I'm, I'm willing to bet we'll do a movie, because this is a movie that yeah. we've both been excited to see. Yeah, absolutely. So, it'll be something, you guys. We'll 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 figure it out next week. Yes. Right now we're at ALA. So. <laughs> our our brains don't work right now. In case you couldn't tell. Yeah, absolutely. So fall wrap up. What what anime is worth in the fall season? Uh, okay, so <laughs> everything ended at such drastically different times. They they did. Um. So so there were honestly I wasn't following a lot yeah like a lot of the stuff that i was kind of watching i just like i I lost interest and i kind of dropped yeah so let's talk about the ones that we did watch or things that we thought were like the best things of the season and i think we both have an agreement on what was the best anime of the season last season i mean it just it really stood out to us, and we felt like that the story and the characters were just very relatable, and it was probably one of the most underrated series of the season, and we did dedicate a whole is, episode to it. Is that Rifle is Beautiful? No. Darn. Uh, I'm terrible at this game. <laughs> Obviously, it was Outburst Dreamer Boys. <laughs> Chubio Gekihatsu Boy! Yeah. Outburst Dreamer Boys was undoubtedly probably my favorite new show of the season. It was so good. I I am personally glad that you decided to watch this. Because <laughs> I saw it and I was like, oh, this anime is so up my alley. I'm going to love this. <laughs> and then I'm sitting there thinking like... I want to recommend this to Candace, but, like, I have no idea if she'll actually like it. I watched the first episode. And then you watched the first episode. And I was like, these are the most loser boys ever, and I love them. Yeah. I love them so much. I was hooked on the show the moment uh, we saw the paper airplane scene. Yeah. That was, like, that was the turning point for me. I'm like, this is, like, it was made for me. So, so for me, it's any series that has a Chunibyo that's like black and he's, he's the you know dark flame master. <laughs> like, like I eat that shit up, and I don't even know why. I just love it. His uh, Faust was the best character. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> Faust is just a stupid little blue parakeet. The time has come! Yeah, the time has come! Silence, imbecile! (laughs) 
He just taught his bird how to say the most ridiculous and dramatic things ever. Right. Uh, so this one was great. I kind of want it to get an English dub just so I can mm-hmm. see how it turns out in like English. Yeah. You know? I really want to do a cosplay group of it, to be honest. <laughs> I get it. Like, I don't know if I would rather be yellow or purple, though. I think I'd kind of rather be purple. Right. But, I mean, realistically, I'm probably yellow. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I like my gotcha boys too much, although he likes his gotcha girls. So, so very similar, but different, but... Yeah, I would, if I had the means to play a lot of these games that I'm obsessed with that are in Japan, I would definitely bust all the time. (laughs) Token Rambu! Yeah, I would absolutely bust in Token Rambu all the time. I'd be like, I spent three hours forging this damn sword (laughs) and it was a duplicate! (laughs) Fuck you! (laughs) Although I... I absolutely uh, got Kanesada on my friend's phone on the first try when <laughs> I was, was drunk and had no idea what I was doing. She's like, oh, just turn these dials. And then I turned the dials and I handed her her phone. She's like, oh, you just set my forge for three hours. And then three Yay. hours later, and she And three comes hours back. later, she messages me and she's just like, it was Kanesada. What the <laughs> fuck? So I'm actually yeah. surprisingly good at gotcha games. <laughs> well, that one. <laughs> I've, any gacha game I've ever played, I've been pretty good at summoning. Like, it's kind of bullshit, actually. That is bullshit. I'm also good at blind boxes. Uh, I'm just gonna hand my phone off to you whenever <laughs> I have a, uh, a gacha I need. Just be like, Candace, here, press this button. Yeah, like, people always, like, anytime I buy a, bi- a blind box or something, everybody's like, Candace is gonna get the exact one she wants, and I always do. There was one time with the blind box that you didn't. I can't remember which one, though. A couple of years ago. And, like, you just... Yeah. I mean, the only one I could think of was I got a token Rambu blind box where I really wanted uh, Tombakiri. And I got... Uh... Oh, it wasn't Hizamaru, but it was his brother. Which I'm so happy with, because honestly, I like all of them. I guess but... it was a that grab bag that you got. Oh, not, not I know what you're box. talking about. Yeah. yeah, no, that was... That was bullshit. That was a ripoff. <clears throat> Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't just me. That was everybody. So, like, nobody got what... Nobody won that day. Right. But yeah, uh... Outburst Dreamer Boys. This is one that I just don't think we could recommend enough. Because I think... I I don't know anybody that likes anime that wouldn't like this show. For one reason or another, honestly. Yeah. um, The only thing holding it back from being popular was the fact that it was on High Dive. Yeah, it was on High Dive, so it didn't have a popular streaming service behind it. Yeah, I wish High Dive were a bit bigger, so the reach would be a lot wider. But really, I think the only people who have High Dive are people that are subscribed to Verve. Because High Dive just doesn't seem like one that you subscribe to by itself. Yeah. Well, it's it's honestly better Yeah, just to get Verve. Yeah, if you're going to have High Dive and Crunchyroll, you might as well just get Verve and get the Rooster Teeth stuff too yeah and all the exclusives and the uh for the i don't even remember all the that. all that other stuff yeah there's a lot so, of shit on there so it has lost a few things but overall it's it's still definitely worth it yeah so either way so either way i recommend verve 
personally, this is not sponsored. And I recommend Outburst Dreamer Boys. <laughs> uh, go watch it, seriously. Even if you just have to do the free trial of High Dive to watch it, it's it's so damn good. It's fun to watch in one sitting, too. And it ended a lot sooner than in the rest of them. And that's why I said this season's kind of weird. Because yeah, everything it, ended it at only, different times. It only had a, what, 11 episode? Yeah, it was, it was 11 episodes. Yeah, so it was, it was one episode shorter. It ranks surprisingly low on my anime list. It only had a 6.89 stars, which is, I think, very, like, it's way too low. It deserves more than that. It's a 10 star, easily. Yeah. And I don't think anything on my anime list is a 10 star, but that one is, so. Right. I mean, My Hero Academia could get an 8.2. I think... Outburst Outburst Dreamer Dreamer Boys Boys. could easily get a nine, okay? Like, (laughs) we know where the real money's at, you guys. Clearly. Clearly. (laughs) So, uh, on on to the next one. Yeah, uh, the one that I think we were both really excited about that kind of fizzled out, in my opinion. Uh, This one ranked higher, which makes me a bit upset, and that is... Uh, are you the only one who loves me? Oreski. Yeah. Uh, this one probably had my favorite premise it, it going into it. It started out really good. It was so good in the beginning. I loved the idea of what if the main character was not the protagonist of the harem. <laughs> right? And the fir- I think if it had been like the first three episodes, I think that as a show would have been just a good series. But the problem with doing a parody of a harem is that eventually it just became a harem. Yeah, it, um, yeah. (laughs) Like, we lost the appeal to it. I don't, I don't even think we finished it, did we? I didn't. Because I know I didn't. It just, like I said, it started off really good, and then it just, it, it tumbled when you started to realize, yeah, this is becoming a basic harem anime yeah uh you either die a parody or you live long (laughs) enough to see yourself become what you're parodying which i don't mind harem animes Mm. but like that wasn't what i signed up for with that yeah exactly like if you're gonna watch a harem anime from my understanding there were better harem animes this season too so yeah i know you were watching one in particular uh yes i was but yeah, so I I would recommend the first few episodes of uh, Orewosuki, but... Oreski. I just, I don't think it was worth investing as much into it as we did. Yeah. I was hoping it would turn itself around, and it didn't. I hear ya. I still really like Sun. He was a good character. Uh, I liked the, I, the whole concept that all the girls were named after flowers. And it was a yeah, really they pretty all, series. They all had their nicknames and all that. Yeah. Uh, it was a really pretty series, too, for Slice of Life. But And I think there were still some really solid jokes. And I think it is still a pretty decent harem. But if you want to watch a but harem, if you're go going watch into it. it, go into it realizing, hey, this is going to start out a parody and then it's going to become a harem. Yeah. I think if you're looking for a good harem, it's it's not a bad way to go. Yeah. It's it's fairly tame compared to a lot of other shows. Uh, it plays down the degeneracy, and it just, it, it feels just kind of like a, 
rom-com more than anything, so. But, yeah, we'll never know how it ended. Nope. Well, I might finish it sometime, but not in the foreseeable future for now. Yeah. Uh, you can go ahead and talk about the harem that you did like, though. Uh, you mean Boku Ben? Yeah. That, that great, uh, Shonen Jump title that no one expected was was a Shonen Shonen Jump Jump title. Yeah, that's crazy. It's one I never would have thought would have been Shonen Jump. Yeah, it's like not their normal spiel. Yeah. I mean, his dream is to become the best harem protagonist, I guess. I don't know. Uh, it's not even that. His, like, his goal is, like, he wants to get into College X, but he needs to tutor off four of these girls to do it. Yeah. Sorry, three. He needs to tutor three girls to do it, and then the teacher, and then the senpai, and so, yeah, there's, like, five girls that are basically his harem. So, the interesting thing about this series is when it first came out, I remember the running joke about it was, who animated this? Or, who didn't animate this, more likely? Oh! Yeah, it was just, like, constantly being shit on because it's like, this this animation is shit. Like, this is... Yeah, the first season animation was pretty garbage. Like, this is, like, 2001 animation, and it's, like, straight to DVD 2001 animation. And from my understanding, the people that did stick around for it were just like, okay, it it's not great looking, but it's it's actually enjoyable. Yeah, exactly. And and that's what got me into continuing watching it in season two. Yeah, and I've seen just a few clips from season two. They definitely upped their budget. Like Uh I actually really like the opening. I think you would love it too. Yeah? Yeah. So I I think that's even though it's, like, not my cup of tea in terms of genre, I think that it's kind of interesting how, like, a loyal fan base could, like, create such an improvement. Something like this, where it's it's a surprise hit, and then it, mm-hmm. it gets a bigger budget. Yeah, exactly. And I think that just goes to show how much Crunchyroll actually does affect the anime industry. So, like I said, while this is not the kind of anime I would normally get into i can absolutely appreciate it from an industry perspective yeah so yeah if you guys want a cute slice of life about a guy having to tutor literally every girl he knows uh go (laughs) go watch this one yes basically (laughs) no the the problem is like they're all they're all really talented like they're they're geniuses in in a specific field Uh uh-huh but they all want to do a different field. Like, the one girl that's good at math wants to get into, like, literature. Like, mm-hmm. and and so he has to tutor her so her literature grade is good enough to get into her college of choice. And, like, yeah. so on and so forth. So it's like, they're all really smart in their own, their own respect. But they have their one bad subject. So he needs to tutor them into that. Yeah, I I mean, I don't think I said anything against that. I just said he's tutoring every girl he knows. (laughs) Yeah, but just a little clarification, because it's not like they're all... They're not dumb girls. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Furuhashi uh, is best girl. (laughs) If you say so. Which one's that? 
Uh, she is the blue-haired one. Oh, yeah, you would. No, she's adorable. Yeah, you would. Yeah, I would. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so we talked about one that you got into. I want to talk about one that I really got into. I need to watch the last episode of it because it just aired a couple days ago and I haven't had access to Funimation to watch this last episode. But damn, did they leave off on some amazing cliffhanger that I'm really scared to see what happens. Uh, and that is when the stars align. Uh, from my understanding, this series was originally supposed to get a 24 episode run. And they, they cut it they down cut to 12. They cut it down to 12, mm. which is extremely upsetting because they kind of rushed a lot of the story points because of that. Like, a lot of characters that clearly were supposed to get more of, like, interaction with their families and stuff like that. We never got to see what happens. And the entire sports festival, which was the point of the series was cut down to just an episode and a half. Wow. Yeah. An entire sports festival. Yeah. Just literally cut down to an episode and a half. Dang. So we literally got to see, like, four or five matches take place in the span of, like, one episode. Yeah. Uh, They absolutely teased the fuck out of us with the end of the tournament, though, because... Like, the end of the tournament was, like, really satisfying for them. I won't spoil exactly what happens. And we get, like, this happy, cheerful, like, the ending music. Which, you've heard the ending song. It's, like, really upbeat. So it's playing that over the scene. Like, yes, everything worked out. Everybody's happy. Everything's going to be okay from here on out. And then the music just stops and the whole screen cuts to black. Record scratch. It wasn't even a record. It just stopped. Like, the whole thing kind of... I actually thought the the app broke. But then I saw it was still going, and I'm like... Wait, what? Yeah, and then it cuts to back to the show, and then it's just like... Oh yeah, this isn't a fun sports anime. <laughs> this, is a, this is a tragic we beat our children anime. Uh, yeah. And the series just had to remind us of that. <laughs> like, don't forget, we beat our children. <laughs> it's... It's like that running joke with, like, D&D characters where it's uh -huh. like, oh, I love this D&D character. I'm going to put him through shit. Yeah, this is literally what it gives you, like, all this hope and you're just like, all of these boys are going to be okay. <sighs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then the episode, at least the last episode I watched, just ends with... Somebody's going to get stabbed with a dollar store knife. Um... See, the bad part about a dollar store knife is it'll break in your chest easily. <laughs> Wrong podcast for that. But <laughs> Don't ask me how I know that. We're slowly transitioning into a murder podcast, so we'll get more of a female audience. Perfect. <laughs> so, uh, hopefully the newest, ep the, the last episode is out so I can watch it, because... That cliffhanger, oh, I'm not okay with any of it. Uh. <laughs> yeah, so, like you said, you got really into this one, and mm. and I kind of enjoyed it, but for me, it was just, it was too much of a sports anime 
feel for me. So. I didn't have any sports anime so, feel going So I dropped it. I, yeah, I it, did not finish. It had no sports anime feel to me. This was a absolute drama. This was uh, your birth mother wants to meet you drama. Uh, I think the one thing I really liked about it, this show actually got a lot of attention during one episode because they revealed that one of the characters is LGBTQ, but they're not quite sure what label they want. Uh, it's the character that early in the series they were being made fun of for being gay, but they're kind of like, I don't really know if I'm gay. I don't know if I'm trans. I don't know if I'm a boy. I don't know if I'm a girl. And, like, they have two sisters that like to teach them how to do makeup and style their hair and even help them cross-dress and... They're like, well, this was really great being a girl for a day, but I don't know if I am a girl. Yeah. But I and, don't want to go back to being a boy. And and from my understanding is that's kind of how the LGBT thing is. Like, yeah. Like, you, you question it a lot, especially in their early stages. Yeah. And then it also revealed that the main character's mom has a best friend who is a trans male. And that he found out when he was in high school because he felt uncomfortable wearing the girls' uniforms, but he didn't come out until college, and that's where he met the main character's mom, and that's why they're best friends. And he's basically a surrogate father for the main character, too. So, like, that was really, really cool that they had, like... And they even, like, uh, talked about the way that is kind of, like... I want to say is commonplace, but it's, like, this idea of using, like, Japanese names... To transition into a more comfortable name, like, uh, since a lot of Japanese names are basically just specific, like, sounds. It's like, some sounds are a bit more feminine, some are a bit more masculine, so you could just take kind of a nickname at first to start to do that transition. And that was a really neat, like, keyword, like, the, the character that's not sure what they are chose a gender-neutral sound based off of their name, and they're like, I go by this nickname... Because it doesn't sound male or female. And I'm like, I, I like that. I don't know enough about Japanese names to really be able to distinguish between any of them, but I liked that little touch to it. Yeah. And so the series got a lot of popularity because of that episode in particular, but trust me when I say the whole show is like that. Like, everything about this show absolutely goes into heavy issues, really deep problems, uh... There's an episode that talks about the problem with helicopter parenting, that it can be just as abusive as the other th shit that's going on in this as, series. As negligence? Yeah. So, and there, there's even one uh, character whose mom basically is like, wants to disown them because yeah. they're not as good as their older brother. Yeah, so, that's that's crazy. Yeah, this series is definitely more about the idea of adults who shouldn't be parents being parents. Too much drama. Like yeah. like that school was the worst, I swear. <laughs> so so here in our home state and city, like mm -hmm. we it's it was fairly well known as a rumor that like all of the trouble kids would be sent to a specific school. Yeah. And, like, that was, like, the the 
trouble child school. Yeah. And so that's what, like, this school in this anime is. It's like <laughs> all of the trouble children are sent to this school in particular. I think it's more just this is a trouble generation. Like, millennials, we should have never had kids, all right? We were not ready. <laughs> no, we weren't. <laughs> so... Yeah, uh, it's definitely really heavy on the drama, but trust me when I say it, it was, it's a, it's an important series in my opinion. So I really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm sad this one didn't get more attention, and I'm sad that it got its major episode lost because I know a lot of people who got super into this series are like, please give us the next twelve episodes. Like we, this series was rushed way too quickly. And it, it also makes all those heavy things feel a bit too heavy because of how quick they rushed it. Yeah. They didn't give it room to breathe and room for these characters to figure out their shit before they decide to stab somebody with a dollar store knife. So. Out, out, out of the frying pan, into the fire, right? Yeah, basically. So uh, please don't stab anybody with a dollar store knife. So when I really need to uh, finish binge watching, because I got about halfway through this show and then... I didn't necessarily drop it, it's just that I don't have Funimation at my house, and I didn't really have time to, like, binge watch it here, so I'll probably just take, like, half a day and do that, is, uh, Kabukicho. Uh, this is the one that's Sherlock Holmes, but in the Japanese Red Light District. Yeah. So this series... I really, really want to recommend this series to everybody, but I honestly don't think there's anything really special about this series. It's just kind of fun. Like, I don't think this is going to be something that changes your perspective or makes you super, super excited to watch it each week. But it's just one of those shows, like, if you just need an anime to laugh or you just need something that's just enjoyable to watch... That's what this is. It's not super serious. It has kind of a fun, like, can you solve the mystery sort of thing to it. And it gives you just enough information that you could probably figure things out on yourself. But then always throws in some kind of weird red herring to it. So it feels like Sherlock. Like, if you are a fan of Sherlock, or even if you're not a fan of Sherlock and you just like something for shits and giggles, this series is a shits and giggles series. And I loved it. I think the characters might be some of the best cast of characters of the year, in my opinion. And they don't ever feel too British humor. It just feels... None, none of that uh, Benny Hill music playing while they're, yeah. <laughs> while, while they're chasing each other through hallways. This is definitely more Japanese humor. But it just is such a great twist on Sherlock, because I don't like Sherlock. I never got into any of the Sherlock franchises. I love this one. Everything about this is hilarious. Like, the very first episode, uh, Watson is basically trying to convince Sherlock to take his case. And he, they solve the mystery in the first episode. And they are tracking down the murderer. And he's getting away. And Watson, in an attempt to try to stop him, accidentally hits Sherlock with his car. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. And that's how the episode ends. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. <laughs> So the killer gets away, <laughs> or somebody else takes credit for it, I can't remember, but it's a, it's like that level of humor. It's like, it builds up all this tension and, like, fast-paced stuff, and then suddenly it's like, well, Sherlock's in a cast. <laughs> There's also a lot of weird humor to it, like Sherlock likes to eat uh, canned fruits and vegetables on basically everything. 
So, like, there's one episode where they're celebrating somebody's birthday, and so they have a birthday cake, and he takes, like, a can of, like, tomatoes or something and puts it on the cake and eats it like that. Yeah. And then there's, like, another one where he's eating, like, rice and, like, something savory, and he puts, like, a can of peaches on it. Yeah, so he, it's weird. It's a weird show. Yeah, but that's just weird. It is a, it, like I said, it's just, it's funny. It's weird Japanese humor. If you like things like Yakuza or even some of the stranger parts of Persona, you will definitely like the series. Uh, but I, like I said, I, I don't think there's anything super, super special about it. This isn't going to be an anime that if you sit on it, that I'm going to be like, stop sitting on it. Just, I don't know. Go watch it if you want something to laugh at. Yeah. So I'm going to finish it because I enjoyed it. And it has a pretty decent ranking at 6.5. I would say that's probably about right, honestly. All right. It's above average. So. So. uh And it's production IG. So it's amazing looking. Like production IG just knows their shit. Yeah. So they did the animation in the Persona 5 games, not the anime. And they did haikyuu so if you like their animation go check this one out yes so i'm gonna let you talk about something that i didn't watch since uh, i just did two that you didn't watch yes so since you are on an isekaiatus yes i'm on an isekaiatus <laughs> uh it's over it's over it's over to be fair in the winter <laughs> season i don't think i haven't even seen one single isekai i don't know if there is an isekai in the winter season but... like they just decided to stack it all in the fall season yeah 2019 i guess but if there is an isekai in the winter season i probably won't be avoiding but i feel like going in with maybe zero to one isekai this season will be good for me <laughs> yeah so, so... <laughs> don't pile it on too quickly <laughs> all right right uh, so, in the isekai genre, there was Kimono Michi. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this one is, it's obviously a comedy. It's about, it's its about as funny as you expect a luchador wrestler being sent to another world mm-hmm. to be. Yeah. This so, one was the same creator as... As Konosuba. As Kun- yeah, the light novel writer yes. is the same. So, so you can expect... That same kind of level of humor as, as Konosuba. Like, I think if you liked Konosuba, you'll like this one. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's like I said, it's just, it's really, it's stupid humor, but it's, it's amusing. Okay. There was another isekai that I think you were watching this season that, I don't know how far you got into it, but it was one of those that was, like, really highly recommended by most people, and that was Ascendance of a Bookworm. Uh, so, so... <laughs> I wanted to watch that, and I did watch the first episode. It looks adorable. Okay. Like, I just, I didn't actually finish. Okay. I wasn't sure but how far you got into it, that It one. looks cute. It looks really wholesome. And if I remember correctly, yeah, it's got a really high rating on my anime list. Yeah. 8.06. Which is one of the highest on here, honestly, for this season. Yeah. So, yeah, that's... I think that might be one of the highest rating ones we'll talk about, honestly. Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, the other isekai that I was watching was uh, Welcome to Demon School, Iruma-kun. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of funny. It's it's about this kid who, one, he, he has this compulsion to help people when they say please. Like, mm-hmm. he just can't not do it. 
uh, and then his his parents basically sold him to a demon, mm-hmm. and that demon basically became his grandfather and sends him off to high school in in the demon realm. The demon and, realm, and so he has to try and not to stand out because he's a human and like the opening theme song i guess not theme song like the school motto song whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. that they have to sing in the first episode sings all about like them eating humans and he's like oh shit if they figure this out i'm gonna die Mm -hmm. so so it's just a kind of a comedy of like him trying to not be found out and all of these other demons, you find out half of them don't think humans are real. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. I see. So I think probably the most underrated one on this list, other than Outburst Dreamer Boys, uh, is sitting at a 7.04, and I think absolutely deserves to be higher. I think this is one of those series that could become a cult classic, much like Trigun or uh, Ghost in the Shell. It just, it absolutely had that vibe. I think this had some of the best voice acting. Oh, well, this one was fantastic. I love this show. Yeah. I, that's the thing that always gets to me is how great the acting in it is. Because it has a ridiculously fantastic cast. And it just, I, we never finished the finale for this one. But God, did I just get drawn into this show. And I just kind of want to binge watch the whole thing. Because I feel like... Watching it week to week almost spoiled it a little bit, and that's No Gun's Life. Yes. No Gun's Life. This series is so hard to watch week to week. So, this one is one that we've kind of been praising since the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, its message isn't really anything crazy special. Capitalism is bad. All of us are just cogs in a machine. Whatever, whatever. But it takes this idea of... Not only integrating as part of the machine, but also rebelling against it to a very unique, like, stance. Because it doesn't pretend like, oh, well, if we just take down the man, everything would be fine, because that causes new problems. But we need to learn to be both part of the system and outside of the system. Yeah. Plus the main character having a gun for a head. The main didn't character hurt. has a gun for a head. <laughs> it didn't hurt. Well, like I said, this the thing that gets to me in this series is the acting. Yeah. It is so above and beyond. Like even though it's there's the language barrier and I don't know a lot about voice acting. The series is just so good, especially because like you don't have the lip flaps for the one character. Actually, I don't have lip flops or two of the characters. The yeah, gun or the kid. The gun or the kid. <laughs> but I think the kid to me is like the funniest one because he'll open his mouth every time he talks. And and even but, though he doesn't have to. Yes. Or or sometimes he'll talk out of like the robotic head at his hip. Yeah, well which, it's it's always out of the robotic head out of his hip, but he still like tries to move his mouth to almost signify that it's him talking. Yeah, it It's it, more of like an animation cue so the audience knows where to look it, than anything. It starts off with him just opening his mouth and then like the words coming out. And then later on in the series you notice like he starts he does start to move his mouth, but obviously it's not in sync with with the words. With the words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It it feels like he's just kind of trying to normalize how he speaks. Yeah. And I really like that. It's like little details like that. Again, it, it's mostly an animation cue. 
so the audience knows where to look, so they know who's talking. Because sometimes, just going off of a voice, you don't know if that voice is coming from off screen, or even if you're familiar with what the character sounds like, it can still be a little bit off-putting if the character isn't signifying that they're talking. Yeah. So, but it's just, it's fun little things like that, and it, it does play a lot into, like, kind of the Full Metal Alchemist weirdness of it. Like, the characters' faces will just suddenly change to be more cartoony or things like that. This this series had a lot of potential to be a cult classic, and I think a lot of people slept on this one. Yeah. Uh, I like the girl. <laughs> right? I, right? I love that she just basically knocks out the, the big company. I forget the big company's name. Mm-hmm. But, like, she just knocks out their employees and, like takes their arm and leg extensions and just black markets them for super cheap. Yeah, but to people who need them. Yeah. Like, because, like, a lot of people will go to the black market for cheap products, but it'll be, like, really bad. They'll get, like, botched jobs and those kind of things could actually kill you. And so for her, it's like, no, you're getting top quality at the lowest price you're going to find because you guys need to live. Yeah. She's like, I'm not doing this to make an extra buck, and I'm not doing this to cheat the system. I'm doing this because people need these parts to survive, and it's bullshit that you have to go through expensive corporations. And that's something that I think hits really close to home for a lot of people here in the States, people who need, like, insulin and stuff like that, Uh, being genuinely terrified of buying a cheaper product because that could literally kill them. Yeah. But not being able to afford expensive stuff. And so I, I think that... The message in this is always, like, a little bit, like, yeah, you could definitely compare it to real life without the show telling you, like, this is just, like, real life! You know? Yeah. And I like that. Uh, the pacing in the show really reminded me of Cowboy Bebop, actually. Yeah. Like like you said, it really does have that kind of feel, like it's gonna be a cult classic. Yeah. Cowboy Bebop has some of the most unique pacing out of any series that I've ever watched. This series almost hits it beat for beat. So I think if you're somebody that feels a bit more like anime of this decade just don't suit you, or I, I believe somebody coined the term, uh, we a boomer for oh, people that don't watch oh anime of this decade. God. <laughs> uh, if you feel like you're that kind of person, I think this is an anime you you would absolutely love. <laughs> we a boomers. <laughs> It hurts. (laughs) Not that there's anything wrong with being that kind of anime fan, in my opinion. (laughs) Yeah, no, it just, yeah. And I know we recommend a lot of anime to those groups, like uh, Megalobox and stuff like that. But this one, I think, it's it's in that category. It does. It it does have that feel. Yeah, so... uh, it's Full Metal Alchemist with the tone of uh, Ghost in the Shell and the pacing of Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. And you guys could put that in a review book. So uh, There we go. So that's all it for the new ones this season, but we definitely want to talk about some of the continuing series. Because there was a lot of really good continuing series this season, too. And um, I think we got more invested in those than we did any of the new ones. Yeah, I think so. So, obviously, we have the big three. And let's start with Fire Force. Fire Force! Uh, 
Arthur is still my favorite character. <laughs> Maki is best girl. Maki's best girl of the season. Of the year. <laughs> okay, maybe not year. Year but is tough. Def- okay. She's definitely com- the season. She's competing with Nezco and Raftalia. I don't know if she's going to make it, man. That's, that's true. But definitely of the season. Definitely of the season. Undoubtedly of the season. I love her so much. <laughs> Me too, actually. She's better than Raftalia. Yes. And you can put that in a review book. You can put that in a review book. <laughs> uh, she's the kind of strong female characters that I really like. Uh, right. Because she feels grounded, in my opinion. Like, she's strong, and that's, like, one of her big personality traits, but she's she's not like, oh, I'm hoping that little girls everywhere will look up to me. She's just strong because she's, she's strong. She's strong plus, like... She likes to be a bit feminine. She's adorable. I, She's I all... love that, like, she has her two little flame spirits. <laughs> right? And, like, oh my god. I like that she basically murdered a man by ramming a giant metal pipe. In his face? Yeah, like, with the little flame spirits. Like, that big gun thing she had, she just beat somebody with it. Right? She definitely murdered that person. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> Same with, uh... The nun and what's her name? Tamaki? Yeah, Tamaki. Like, like that, uh, the villain they face, they definitely beat they him definitely to death. Like, beat him they definitely beat him to just, death. They just beat him with lead pipes. I like the three girls' dynamics together, too, because, like, for example, like this scene where they're showering and Maki just kind of looks over, she's like, oh, you guys have, like, all these feminine curves, and I don't have that because I'm strong, and they're just like, you're gorgeous, you're hot as hell, what, what are you talking about? They're just like... Abs. Yeah, they're just like, you're the sexiest girl here. Like, what are you talking about? So yeah, I like that their dynamic because they're like, I'm not gay, but I'm gay for you. (laughs) Right? And that's how girls should be. Yeah. I I do love them all. And Arthur's my favorite. The idiot. The fucking steed is the dumbest thing ever. His stupid donkey. The hi-ho silver. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I just... I just can't take him seriously because he's so ridiculous. I I think my favorite moment uh, was him deciding that he was a knight samurai. Yes. And he's like, no, that doesn't sound right. Samurai Knight. <laughs> I'm like, you're so great. And he was so badass in that fight, though. And then he realized how much of an idiot he looked like. No, he, that, that that's the uh, steed. No, oh, when yeah. he was the samurai. And the one guy's like, are you seriously fucking oh. trying to kill me? And he's like, no, I wasn't aiming for you. I was aiming for the guy behind oh, you. Oh, yes. That was the coolest <laughs> fucking thing. Admit it. That was pretty cool. Like, he's he, absolutely more of a samurai than a knight. He definitely has his moments. I just can't take him seriously because he's so ridiculous. I love him so much, though. I love his little antenna thing that just bounces around and... I also love that he just bursts through the fucking ceiling because the guy with the guns is just like, oh, I wasn't aiming for you. I was aiming for the ceiling because I knew Arthur was oh. up there. <laughs> I, I saw that guy watching, by the way. <laughs> He's like, I knew I couldn't kick your ass, but he can. Right. It was literally just like, we have a Hulk moment. We have a n- samurai knight. <laughs> we have a samurai knight. Uh, <laughs> Arthur's the best. 
But I will say uh, the finale, the final fight between uh, Sho and... I literally forgot his name, the main character. I don't remember. Uh, The final fight between the two of them really was, I think, the most underrated moment of the season. It was pretty intense. I didn't see anybody talking about this fight, and this is Crunchyroll Awards level of fight. Yeah. This is, this could give Tanjiro and Rui a run for their money levels of fight. And nobody's talking about it. And I think that that's a crime. Yeah. Because um, I, I think if we get so, a best so, fight of the year, it's probably going to go to Rui versus Tanjiro. So so but... we've we've mentioned before that the pacing for Fire Force is a little off. Yeah, it and, absolutely and, is. And I think that threw, threw off a lot of people. And, mm-hmm. and so they either dropped it mm-hmm. or they just didn't start it to begin with. So, so I think that might partially be why it's not getting the attention. Yeah. I really do think that this was the fight that would have been a huge contender in the Crunchyroll Awards. And I think if more people had paid attention to it, we would see a bit more of an even split between it and, and Demon Slayer. Yeah. And... I honestly think that Mob Psycho 100 still had the best fight of the year. But... <laughs> I think this one deserves more attention, and I, I I really do hope that Crunchyroll nominates it so maybe people will watch it. Yeah. Because people... I, I hope there are people out there that'll see it nominated and be like, okay, I need to go watch it. In, instead of just Picking everyone, everyone being like, oh, well, Demon Slayer was yeah. nominated. I'll just vote for that right off the bat. And here's the crazy thing, is that I do think Demon Slayer, if it wins, I think it deserves it. But I think part of me also kind of wants to see a bit more of a spread Yeah. in the victors. Like, Tanjiro versus Rui, I could break down exactly why this fight is incredible and why it might be one of the best fight scenes ever animated ever. Uh, Mother's Basement did a really fantastic video explaining it, though, and he could he does a better job in that video than I ever could. Um, we're not partnered or sponsored by him, but seriously, that I just can't explain it as well as he did without just stealing his script. <laughs> so, but I my personal favorite fight was still from Mob Psycho 100, and I I do think this one will be some people's favorite fight. So yeah, go check out the ending of Fire Force and decide for yourself whether or not this fight was worth your time. Because I I think there's definitely gonna be people out there that are gonna watch it and be like, this was way better than the Demon Slayer or Mob Psycho 100 fights. It it ranks as third place for me, but. I, I think you could take any of those three fights and shuffle them around and be correct. Yeah. So, uh, it just sucks that I feel like a lot of people slept on these things this year. Uh, I, I know. Um, this hasn't been a great year for anime. It's been a fantastic year. It's been a bad year for making anything stand out. Yeah. Everything feels like it's either all at the same quality. It feels like everything's hitting, like, an 8.5 or 9, and nothing hit a 10. Where it's like, the last couple of years, it's like, everything's sitting at like a 7, and then there's like, a few 10s. And those 10s are all duking it out in the Crunchyroll Awards. But this year, we, we didn't have any 10s. There there wasn't anything that was amazingly outstanding. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but with that, I think my favorite show that we watched this season, continuing-wise... Uh, Dr. Stone. 
I want to talk a lot about Dr. Yes, Stone. Dr. Stone. I almost feel like we need to do another Dr. Stone episode. Dr. Stone is so good. Yeah. I, we might hold off until season two, though, because season two is supposed to start this year. Uh, but we did have Senku's birthday was last week. Mm-hmm. And we get, did get some more promotional art because of his birthday. And I am super hyped for season two. So yeah, it's going into what do they call it? The, the Stone, Stone the Wars. Stone Wars arc. Yeah, Doctor Stone hit me way more than I thought it would. And the thing is, I even mentioned at the beginning of the summer season that Doctor Stone was going to do that. I I told everybody I was like, from what I hear of reviewers, this show starts off really slow paced and is just kind of generic, and then it becomes incredible. And I was like, all right, let's. Sit down. Let's see what it does. And it absolutely did. Uh, this cast is probably perfect. I think that as a cosplayer, I could pretty much take any character and just be like, I want to be them. Yeah. Except Senku, because I don't want to make that wig. <laughs> <laughs> that wig looks like a nightmare to make. I think if you're somebody that wants to do more simplistic cosplays, you could pick a character that's really simplistic. If you want to do something sexy, you could pick a character that's sexy. If you want to do something that's cute, you could pick somebody that's cute. If you want to be muscular, buff, you could be the old man. <laughs> you want to do something challenging, you could be any of the stone people. I think there's so much about the series that's absolutely fantastic, and I... I guess this is proof that supporting independent artists can go a long way. Because the art in this is also just absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Uh, aside from the weird spacing between the girl's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> For reals. Uh, but can we talk about that uh, that blowjob scene? I mean, <laughs> I mean the medicine scene. It was absolutely a blowjob. Yeah. <laughs> uh- <laughs> I think the moment that got to me was finding out more about Senku's dad, even though it's not his real dad. Yeah, that was really pretty heart-wrenching. Mm-hmm. Like, like it has some very touching moments. And it does so without the main character having to ugly cry. Like, that's, that's something that's pretty common in Shonen Jump titles, is the main character just bursting out into this ugly cry. Senku never does that. Yeah. And... It almost hits a lot harder because of that, because it almost feels like Senku's heart is made of stone. Because you almost feel like, ugh, right in the feels, why isn't he crying? Yeah, like, and they do constantly mention, like, his heart's made of stone. There's this constant stone metaphor throughout the whole thing, and it feels very cold, but at the same time, it's just so great. I I don't know what you mean about this stone metaphor. (laughs) It's not like the entire village is named after some sort of rock. Right? Which is also his dad's last name. (laughs) No, I mean like everyone in the village. Everyone in the village is named after rock, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Or some kind of mineral, at least. Yeah. Uh, The medicine, they choose the rock route. The the most important thing they developed in the very beginning was the soap, which was called their Dr. Stone. Yeah. The medicine is a Dr. Stone, and the phone is made out of rocks. (laughs) Everything's rocks. Everything's coming up rocks. It's like Gilligan's Island, where you build a ham radio out of coconuts. Except it's made out of rocks. Except it's made out of rocks. (laughs) Yeah, like, the science in this is great, too. Like, everybody's praising about how this is, like, really fantastic edutainment but for me it's that's not even the selling point for me it really is just the character stories and how touching everything is 
especially for characters like Gen that start off as kind of like this piece of shit rat bastard and ends up being one of the best characters in the show. And the telescope episode, def- if you did not get at least a little bit emotional seeing that telescope, right? you have zero heart. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, And then the record as well. Yeah. Like, like that was, yeah, just, just everything. And I love how they kind of explain how some of these work. Like, hey, mm-hmm. to this is how the record works. Yeah, it doesn't you know, just and, bullshit you on this. Like, it, it does use grounded logic and tries to keep things as realistic as possible. And I think for me, one of the big selling points, I was talking to somebody about this. Uh, it's the music. Like, somebody's like, oh, uh, I'm hoping that if there's a best score, that it goes to Promise Neverland. I'm like, Promise Neverland had a fantastic score. Uh, Demon Slayer had a fantastic score. Uh, Vinland Saga had a fantastic score, given Carol and Tuesday. But I'm like, I you can't talk about scores this year without talking about Dr. Stone. Yeah. So you had not only so the never, score, but also the music that the one girl sang. Never underestimate background music mm-hmm. like it makes a mood absolutely so dr stone was way more special to me than i thought it was going to be and i just can't i feel like nobody's talking about these things that i like <laughs> and i want people to talk about these things that i like uh hopefully for bonsai this year i'll be bringing a ribbon that says let's eat ramen in space so if you guys find me at bonsai come get that ribbon from me yeah uh, I'll have a challenge tied to it, but it won't be anything too hard. Like, if you're a Dr. Stone fan, it, it'll basically be a ribbon for you, so. Ribbons! We'll try to do a Kawaii cast ribbon this yeah. year, too. Yes. Because we keep saying we're going to do it, and then we don't. So, yeah. Uh, with that, let's go ahead and talk about the one that, surprisingly, not a lot of people are talking about, but every year everybody talks about this one. One of the most anticipated anime of the year. Uh, is actually in the big three and is currently sitting the highest ranking anime on my anime list right now and that is My Hero Academia. Is it highest? On this season at least. Uh, Actually no. Well, on my anime list yes and no because Beastars has it listed as this season but we won't get it in the States until later. So, So that one's Beastars is actually higher, but anyways. Let's talk about My Hero Academia. My Hero. So this season, everybody complained that this season is kind of a dud. And I have to disagree because I got into My Hero Academia late into season two and I watched the first season. I'm like, this show's all right. I don't get what the hype around it is, though. And I think I might have went into it with that wrong mentality of me thinking everybody loves this, so... It better live up to my expectations, and it's never going to. And then season two, I was like, yeah, this is still pretty good. I mean, I I like it. I'm not going to complain about it. And then season three, I really enjoyed, but I felt like, again, this isn't amazing. This feels a bit overhyped. It was, yeah, I felt the same way with season three. Season three was very, it was definitely enjoyable. Mm. But it just... It didn't have the same impact that, like, the the first two seasons yeah, or this season yeah, has se- had for me. Season three was the first one I went into completely blind. But, again, I just felt like, I'm like, this is good. 
I like this. I really liked the United States of Smash, I think was the one thing that I felt was impactful. But season four has absolutely been hitting me different. It feels like the kind of anime that I like. And we went into it not knowing that Tamaki was going to be our favorite character. <laughs> I love him. I love him. So Tyler and I got into this huge conversation about Tamaki after finding out what his quirk does and what it's capable of. And we established he's a god? He is capable of so much. He's capable of being a god is what he is. So there's a lot of dangerous things about his quirk. First of all. We found out that if he eats crystals, he can manipulate crystals. Yes. And so, this... so it's not limited to just organic material. Yeah, which for me raises a question because there's a crystal that most humans consume on a daily basis, and that's salt. And if you know anything about salt, it's made of chlorine and sodium, and those are two very, very poisonous things that could kill a human instantly. And we find out that his quirk allows him to break those things up. So if he eats table salt, could he make chlorine could and kill someone? Could he make chlorine gas yeah. is the thing. That's my question. Because if he can break things down that he eats to the molecular level and separate them and recreate those things, he's a god. <laughs> Not, Sun Eater is not an exaggeration. So so not only that, but like with with his uh eating the octopus, mm-hmm. like not every octopus generates that type of uh neurotoxin. Neurotoxin. But yet he eats the octopus and he probably didn't eat the neurotoxin. Definitely did not eat the neurotoxin. But he is then able to recreate that neurotoxin. Yeah. Like, that is a very powerful ability. Yeah, exactly. Like, Sun Eater is not a goddamn exaggeration. He can eat the sun. So, like, he could... He could kill very easily. (laughs) Very easily. If he was a villain, uh, I just don't think that anybody would be able to beat him. Yeah. Like, like, I think his, he, I think his... the only thing holding him back right now is that he doesn't want to kill people. Uh, he he doesn't have the confidence that others do. So yeah. so he doesn't think that he can do as much as he actually can. Again, I also think it's because he's a hero. He doesn't want to kill people. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Yeah, like he's he has that moral thing as well. So. But yeah, his his biggest weakness is his self-confidence. Which is also why I really liked the name Sun Eater for that. Like, yeah, I love how he got the name. Yeah, me too. Oh my god, my poor shipper heart. <laughs> <laughs> I loved everything about like his whole story and uh, Lemillion's backstory. Both of them, both as individual and together, I think were fantastic. I like that kind of friendship too because... They're so dependent on each other as friends, but they both have their own lives. Yeah. And that's not something you see a lot. Uh, I've seen a lot of people mention the fact that the bromances in this show are much better than the actual romances in this show. And these two are a perfect example of that. Fantastic bromance. Yeah. Like, seriously, there's a reason why the Yaoi shippers all flock to this franchise, because... 
the guy-guy relationships in this are just top tier. Like, even if you don't think there's anything, like, inherently gay about it, just if you're, like, they're friends, that's still top tier. Like, these are, like, S-ranked male bonding relationships. And this is just one of many, and I think this is my favorite one, honestly. Yeah. And Lamelia was so fantastic, too. Like, I know, uh, I was talking to Stefan, and he was like, uh, Tabaki was his favorite character until Lamelian one-upped him. Yeah. And Stefan's like, I can't. Lamelian's too good. I love him way more. And I I, like, I can completely understand. Me too. <laughs> I I personally, I'm still gonna pick Sun Eater. Me too. But yeah, like these two are so <sighs> great. Like I said, both as friends and as independent people. Like right, so great. I love them. This this season has hit really hard and i don't know why everybody was like oh well my hero Aka's dead nobody's talking about it and i was like you just it's, wait you wait this it's is- it's so good and and we've gotten background for some of the characters that have just been fantastic like red riot red riot oh my god <laughs> <laughs> just because him and mina i'm like oh i know you love me i love mina she's so precious yeah i also really like that we got some red riot uh storyline without him being constantly tied to bakugo yeah so i i would not be surprised if red riot gets nominated for best boy category yeah uh i think tamaki and lamillion did more this season but i think red riot is really he, where the writers are trying to push him. he definitely had his moment yeah. Also, uh, fat gum. <laughs> fat gum. I never would have thought. Oh my god, fat gum. Fat gum was so great for a character that literally got introduced like two episodes prior, and then just showed up and fucking stole the entire show. Like, right? <laughs> this show just—it's been doing so good this season. I feel like I'm finally on this hype train, and I understand where everybody's coming from, and I think my favorite part about the season, and I mentioned at the beginning of the season that I connect more with the adult characters in the show than I do the kids, and I think for me the reason why is because uh, we're millennials, we mentioned that like I think twice now this episode, uh, we came into adulthood during this time where everything was still really pretty good we had a fairly decent economy uh the war our country hadn't been completely screwed yet and uh i was able to afford a two-bedroom apartment by myself on a minimum wage job when i became an adult uh we we had a pretty good chance when we first turned 18 and we experienced adulthood during the time when you know america was still good or whatever uh and then about three years into adulthood, we had the worst stock market crash in history. And everything and, went to shit. And we have gradually watched things become far more difficult. And we're now living in a world where the next generation is now entering adulthood. And they have no chance of getting out there on their own. And for us being, you know, now over a decade into our adult lives... I know most millennials are kind of like, we need to make this right for the next generation. Even if it's too late for us, we need to make sure that they are prepared to deal with the world that we were not prepared to deal with. And I feel like My Hero Aka is pushing that with the current 
setting of adult characters. They got into the hero business when All Might was still the figurehead of, like, all that is good. There wasn't really a league of villains yet. Uh, becoming a hero was just basically a job. It was just something you did. It was, it was the natural course of becoming an adult. And all of them got to live that comfortable life of not having to stress about things, just doing your job and living your life. And then during their adulthood, they all experienced the symbol of peace just being pulled out from under them. And now they're experiencing a time where as heroes, they have to work harder and they're now experiencing a world that nobody is familiar with. And they're realizing it's too late for us to change and become the heroes that can deal with this world. But we can have the next generation of kids prepared to fight yeah. in that world. Yeah, I think, like, even Rocklock says that. He's like, hey, this this new, these new kids coming in, I thought they would hold us back. But now they're being more of a hero than I ever have. Yeah, you know? exactly. And, and we see that with Eraserhead, too, especially. Like, he sees, like, his current class is, like, they're, like, his kids. And he's just like, I, I can't do this in this world. Like, Eraserhead is probably one of the most OP characters in the franchise. And, he, and he's like, I'm a victim in this world, you know? Like, yeah. I'm not going to survive without the symbol of peace as much as I hate that. But he's like, my kids can. Yeah. Fatgum, especially, I think, seeing Red Riot become the hero that he has become, like, Fatgum's just like, are, these kids are, they're men. These, yeah, like, these, <laughs> these kids are the real heroes. Yeah, and this was one thing I was talking to Stefan as well. He said that the only thing he wishes they would do more is he just wants a moment where the adult characters just kind of are like, I don't know what to do. Where they just realize they're like, I, I don't know what the future's like because we've never experienced it we've never experienced this type of event before but i i think that's why i appreciate the adults so much yeah. in this franchise because that's how we are we're, we're we don't know what to do you're right we we were told that things would be easier when we got to this point in our lives <laughs> boy were we lied to <laughs> <laughs> so yeah my hero aka is finally hitting me the way that I think it has been for other people. And I know I got on this hype train late, but you know what? Better late than never. And I think I got on it during the best time, honestly. I don't, I don't think My Hero Aka is ever going to top this. I'd like to think it might someday, but the manga readers are kind of like, yeah, it's not going to top this. Yeah. <laughs> so so for now. So for now, uh, I, I hit the My Hero Aka hype at the right moment and... I really want to be Sun Eater. <laughs> <laughs> For reals. I love him. I want to be him. <laughs> He's so great. I love him so much. I want tentacle fingers. I want armored tentacle fingers. <laughs> Ooh. Topped you there. <laughs> Suck it, bitch. <laughs> but, yeah. So, if you guys have been following the what people say that this is the worst season or is the slowest season, don't listen to them. This season has been so fantastic. Like, I think it's better than season three. I agree. 100%. Uh, we haven't had quite the United States of Smash moment yet, but one fight does not a season make. 
Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, one last show that we need to talk about. Because this one wasn't officially part of this season, but we watched it this season because it just released like a couple weeks ago, released on Christmas Eve. Uh, Carol and Tuesday. Carol and Tuesday. Part oh two. My, oh my god. So, I was not expecting Carol and Tuesday to go the way it did. I was not either. <laughs> Uh, they hit the nose a little on the head, in my opinion. Uh, they hit the nail a little too hard on the head. Yeah, uh, so they went very, very political with it in the second half. Yes. And, which is fine, because politics and music have always had some kind of correlation, but they tried to make the whole thing about current politics... And they were not subtle about it. Uh, like, the immigration organization group is called NICE. N- or MICE. MICE, yeah. mice for Mars. Mars. Yeah. Uh, Mars uh, Immigration. Uh, I don't know what it all stands for. I know what it stands for, but I can't think of it right now. Like Yeah. But yeah, instead of ICE, it's uh, MICE. And... Uh, instead of targeting, like, one specific country, it's targeting Earth refugees. And, yeah, like, it's... It's it's not subtle at all. It's not subtle at all. Uh, the main, like, president elect- or election is, like... It's obviously, she... like, she looks like Hillary Clinton. <laughs> like, she she gets basically raised up on this platform of, like, anti-immigration. Yeah, she is Republican Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Is how they paint her. So it's like, literally, no matter who won the last presidency, this show was going to attack them, is how they went about it. So, <laughs> she's uh, Hillary Trump. But <laughs> <laughs> Trumpery. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I have mixed feelings about how they handled the political thing one i think trying to use the current level of politics it's like it's a little too we get it uh but the other issue with it is that i think it undermines the real world events a little bit when you say like all this shit's going on but it's going to be okay it it makes the people that are dealing with those issues i i think it sends the wrong message yeah it, it kind of tells people, like, oh, you have depression? Just go out and get some sunlight. So that's my issue. You just, with- you just need to get a healthy lung full of nature. Yeah. Uh, so I think the positive message that they were trying to send, like, the, you know, we'll get through this together, which was supposed to be the message, instead gets kind of undercut by, these problems aren't that bad. And... I think if they had steered a, a little bit more distant from real politics and just made, yes, there are political issues and made more of a fictional political issue, it would have sent that message a bit better. Yeah. So that, that's really my only issue with the politics is that it's just too on the nose. Uh, I also feel like Carol and Tuesday did this one thing that kind of bothers me where they tried to send us a lot of messages but then never really actually said anything. Yeah. Still pretty good. I want to talk about how good it was, though. Yes, very because good. Because this was anime of the year for me, in spite of its problems. And definitely the... Like, if if they come out with a soundtrack, soundtrack I, I kind of want to buy it. It's on Spotify. Spotify. Yeah, it is on Spotify. 
Uh, so, I've been listening to it on Spotify. So, so it's there. all of the songs are just so good. They're so good. Regardless of what genre of music you like, there's something in there for everybody. Uh, for me, I really like the fact that they do reflect on actual like issues that have happened in music. Uh, for example, when Angela was being stalked, uh, there ha- was a case where a singer was killed by their number one fan and it because their fans like well the singer's at their peak and they're never going to be better than I, this I, so i need I, to i can't i need let to, them get worse yeah and that was the kind of the message with angela's stalker was he's just like oh well you you can't get any better than this so i need to kill you before you get worse and I liked the fact that they used real world stuff like that as inspiration for the storyline. And this whole thing felt very much like a love story to music as a whole, both from the perspective of an industry as well as songs themselves. And I just feel like the whole thing was absolutely beautiful. The characters were fantastic. And as you mentioned, the soundtrack is absolutely lit. And I, I'm just kind of sad that it never actually got any of his messages across. And we mentioned if everything this season was kind of an 8 and an 8.5, but nothing was a 10, Carol and Tuesday was at least a 9, or at least an 8.9. Yeah. I think that's why, for me, it is anime of the year. I just wish it had hit that 10. Yeah, it, it definitely had the potential to hit that 10. Mm-hmm. Just a couple drawbacks, but like I said, still a fantastic show. The last song in the series was probably the best scene. Uh, the Mother. song Mother. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think that you could look at a faceless AI and think that robot's crying. For but that robot was oh crying. Oh my god, that robot was crying. <laughs> Like, it didn't even have anything resembling a face. Yeah, it was... Oh, my God. It just looked like a garbage can. And we're just like, that garbage can is crying. For real. That garbage can is so happy right now. It's shedding tears of joy. Seriously. I also love that uh, the one guy made an appearance... The one that was nominated for, yeah, for, for the best Emmy. <laughs> for the best newcomer. I can't remember his name, but he's like clearly a country singer. Yeah, and, and he like he had been in the show like the whole thing, and then he shows up in the last episode, just like y'all. I'm here to help because by, I believe in this cause. By, and by the way, I'm here. I'm I, a, I'm a little old to be in this new coming, you know. I knew you were all looking forward artist, to seeing me, so. But... <laughs> I remember he showed up and he went, oh my god, there he is, we've been waiting this whole show to see him. <laughs> right? Uh, strangely enough, I know this show is called Carol and Tuesday, but I feel like this show was Angela's story. Yeah. Like, this was absolutely Angela's story. Uh, Carol and Tuesday are both fantastic, but if we had to pick a best girl from this show, it's Angela. I also really liked uh, the big secret about her and the one guy. I won't spoil it here. But... Yeah, the the guy that they meet in the laundromat. No, not the that's uh, Carol's secret. Uh, no, I was talking about Angela's secret. the The guy who produces all of her music. Oh yes, that yeah. guy. The secret, but be- between their actual relationship. Yeah. 
That was not something I was expecting. <laughs> not what I expected. Also, I really liked how they explained the non-binary genders in a way that I mean, it might be a bit controversial for people that are actually trans or non-binary, but I think makes sense in the context of this universe, and that is the idea that uh, a lot of people who'd been living on Mars for a long time due to the radiation and the change of atmosphere actually started to transition to different genders, or they lost their gender identity altogether. Or more, they, their sex changed, just based off of the radiation of the planet. And one of the characters has decided he, or they are non-binary. They're like, I was born a boy, but I'm slowly becoming a woman. But I don't think I'm either. And he's, they're like, you know, we're neither when we're in the womb. And I feel like I've just returned to that. Yeah. And I love that character. <laughs> like, uh, Angela's mom was also kind of the same way. Because they uh, were born boy and then... They became both, and then they chose to be a woman. So it was kind of an interesting take on uh, transgender and non-binary politics without being too... I, I think that, for me, is what I mean by, like, fictional politics. Where it's not hitting the nail on the head too closely yeah. to real world, but still gets that message across. And it did that better than it did with the election thing. <laughs> Yeah, I I didn't care for the election story. Yeah, like I said, I, I wish they would have just made up their own issues instead of using real ones. But uh, I, I liked some of the refugee characters. And I think using refugees would have been a fine tie into politics. It's just, you didn't need to do mice. <laughs> yeah. Like, that, that was it. We didn't need Hillary Trump sending mice to go get all the refugees. Um... <laughs> That's that's it. That's really the only problem with the show. Everything else was fantastic. And... Well, it's, it's so crazy too because it's like Hillary the the Hillary Trump thing is like she's a she's she's a candidate elect. She's yeah. not even president yet. But like all of these policies are like all of a sudden being put into place while she's still running for the it's, presidency it's because her campaign sent people into fear so it's not even necessarily that she's passing these policies it's just that the current government is passing these policies because the people are listening to her what she has to say yeah but it's it's seems it still seems crazy that like it was that much of an impact like mm -hmm. the instant she said anything yeah uh, and that was also because of the terrorist act, which Fair. we've seen that happen in real world politics too. So I, I think all of that is still pretty valid. I just, I don't know. Like I said, it was, it was way too close to home. Yeah. And that's, that's it, true. it absolutely undermines the real world issues that are going on. So, but I, I think you could enjoy it in spite of those things too. Or you, I think some people might even enjoy that part of the story, but not, not me. Um, yeah and it's not because i'm like i'm taking sides i'm like ugh, people are just over exaggerating no this this undermines the issues so yeah let's not go to war this year you guys um. <laughs> let's let's not have global warming be balanced out by nuclear winter <laughs> 
please, guys. That's all we ask. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we might end up at Mars if this is going, if that shit's going down. We'll all be Earth refugees soon. But I still, like I said, Carol and Tuesday was still a 9 out of 10 for me. And it, it still is anime of the year, in my opinion. I just... I'm sad there was no 10s this year. I mean, Demon Slayer, I think, could have been a 10 if it weren't for the annoying fan base. And the anti-fan base. And the fact that if Demon Slayer wins anything this year, everybody's going to resent it, so I feel like I can't root for it. Yeah. It sucks. This year sucked, you guys. This year did suck. Can we throw away the 2019 Crunchyroll Awards and just move on to 2020? Because 2020 <sighs> already has two potential anime of the years. No, no. Because, and they're both only one episode in. Because, no, because you see, we don't have a year 2020. We just have a 2019 two. <laughs> Season two of 2019, guys. Part two, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Oh, this year's starting out shit. It's starting out shit. Uh, Anime-wise, though... Anime-wise. We have two potential anime of the year, and we're not even two weeks into the year, and they're both one episode into their shows, and already they're better than any of the potential candidates for 2019. And already they've made Candace cry. Uh, not cry. (laughs) Actually, but they're both amazing, and they're probably both going to make me cry. Ah, okay. I have I have not started the pre-crying yet. Yet. Yeah, so I'm I'm very excited for both of these anime and ones that we haven't even got the chance to watch yet because either they haven't started yet or we're at the con having fun and Right. You're not there saying hi to us. Come say hi to us, you guys. <laughs> I know. Like we're going to have Haikyuu coming up, a new uh m- uh, Madoka, Magica. Madoka Magica, Isekai Quartet, Nekopara. No, I'm, just <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm excited for uh, Hanako Kun. More, uh, more laid back camp. More laid back camp. Yeah, this is this season's gonna be this, rough on us like, because like, we're I'm gonna looking be watching at this, too like, much. This is gonna be a busy season. More uh, sorceress stab or orphan. Oh, yeah. And none of those are the two shows that I was talking about. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) We haven't even started all these shows yet. (laughs) This is going to be a crazy season, you guys. I am looking forward to it. I hope you guys are looking forward to it. Come say hi to us. And we're going to go ahead and end the episode here because uh, we'll be talking about all these anime either next week or the week after. Look forward to it. We look forward to you guys listening to us. 2020 is going to be a good year for our podcast. I will be getting the Twitter started up soon. This month, we will definitely have a Twitter account. Yes. I will let you guys know when that is up and running, so go check that out. And we might... So we're not shutting down the Instagram, but the Instagram is going to become Tyler's personal Instagram instead. It's going to be more personal. Um, So you guys can still follow that. part, Part of that is because I haven't been updating regularly. Yeah. And and a lot of the reason for that is I feel weird about because like I made it as a professional account. Yeah. And so it's like I felt weird as posting personal stuff. So with it being more personal, it's like with, with it transitioning into a personal account, I I feel I'll probably post more. Yeah. So I think that will be ultimately better. 
Uh, I don't know if we'll, we'll probably keep the name for it for a while and then Tyler might change the name later if he feels like it, but, uh, just know that the Instagram is going to be more Tyler's thing with every now and again, uh, I might hijack it, but yeah, if you guys want the professional updates and even just kind of some of the banter or us talking about things, go follow us on Twitter. Uh, I'm a little addicted to Twitter right now, so I promise that. So, will... so you will be able to get Candace. Yeah. <laughs> and the email is still also up. And if you guys are not also following the Cracked Brain Discord, go check out the Cracked Brain Discord. We should be getting our own forum on there for Kawaii Cast in the near future. And that will be the place to suggest your ideas or talk to us about these episodes. So lots of big changes happening next year. I hope you guys will listen to us and we'll always put your ideas out here. Like we'll always talk to you guys and we'll always talk about you guys. So not that. Uh, enjoy your week. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye.